Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Jody Adav. Thanks for being on the show, Jody. Of course. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Jody is a research analyst at TRIP, is a leading contributor to the firm's CMBS and CRE research and analytics. She provides key insights to industry media and other external audiences, including as a guest on multiple podcasts. Today, she will be discussing the state of the CMBS market and how it has performed since the coronavirus pandemic hit the U.S. So such a great topic and very timely. Jody. I'm grateful to have you on the show and just being able to provide your expertise, your perfect guest. I know many of the listeners are, are going to be very interested in, in your outlook and, and just the knowledge that you have from all the data and, and everything that you have. But get us started a little bit, maybe a little more about who you are, Jody, and, and what you do. But then let's dive into uh, initially quickly, what is CMBS and what does that mean for the listener that may be new in this market and haven't heard that acronym before so they can get caught up a little bit. Why is that important to people in the commercial uh, real estate space? And then let's dive into just the current you know, CMBS market, just the impacts of COVID and things like that. Right, right. Thank you, Whitney. So uh, everyone, my name is Jodi Yadav. I am a research analyst at TREP. And uh, I mean, let's get right into it. CMBS essentially stands for Commercial Mortgage-Backed Securities. So it's one of the financing vehicles in the space, CRV space, and it accounts for, I mean, it changes over time, but it accounts for roughly 15 to 20% of the universe. So now how CMBS works is banks would make loans uh, to commercial real estate property owners. They will pool a bunch of those CRE loans together and they would issue securities based on these underlying collateral and that would be sold to investors. Now, why is it really relevant in the CRE space? It's because all of these loans, thousands and thousands of those are commercial real estate loans located all across America and some in Europe that we also track. CMBS is one of the financing that's kind of, the loans are essentially made to be securitized. It has traditional stabilized assets, but it's secondary and tertiary properties located across America. So in our database right now, we have over half a trillion dollar worth of loans, like the outstanding balance of these loans. And why it's important for CRE or people in the CRE universe is because we have humongous amount of data on that. I think it's like 500-ish data points on every loan, which is updated on a monthly basis. So if a borrower is behind payment, we would have that on a we would know that on a monthly basis. If uh, like what their financials are, we would know that what their occupancy are. And another main thing is the servicer kind of provides on a monthly basis update on what's happening with the loan. So this is at a granular level. Pool it all together for half a trillion dollar worth of loans. We kind of know what's happening in every geographic area or and also with every property type. So I kind of will segue it in, into like what happened with COVID. 
unlike the last financial crisis, which was more of pertaining to a particular part of the universe, this, the you know, banking part and like residential mortgage-backed securities and housing market, really, this crisis was essentially a supply shock. So in March, almost everything stopped. Our life is not like how it was back then. And uh, what we do on a daily basis has changed. We don't commute to work. I haven't taken a vacation in a while. I don't know about you, Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, a big fraction of U.S. population, like, you know, the unemployment numbers really shot up. While they have come down now, is having issues making monthly rent payments. So because of that, we have seen specific distress distress in certain areas and also certain property type. While I explain the distress, I'll just get into two major metrics that we look at. One is delinquency rate and the other is special servicing rate. So delinquency rate essentially means that the borrower is more than 30 days behind payment. And in June of this year, the delinquency rate was 10.3% and for half a trillion dollar worth of loans, that's $50 billion worth of loans for which the borrower were behind payment. And that shocked the market. And that was specifically because in March, that number was just 2%. So it went from 2% to 10% in a period of four months. In the last crisis, that took four years to happen. So, four years. you know, we are looking at real... Sorry, you were saying something? You said four years and it took yes. four months this time. Exactly. So last time, it, like, you know, the, you can say the crisis started around like 2008. The highest delinquency rate we saw was in 2012, I think July or June 2012, which was 10.34%. And this time we saw in June, which is 10.32%, really, really close to the highest we've ever seen. And I mean, TREP has been tracking the data from like 1990s when the market started. So it was a shock for almost everyone in the CMBS space and CRE space, but for also us. The second uh, metric that we track is special servicing rate. And that essentially means that the loan is having some kind of issues, either financial distress, either uh, like say if it's a retail property, like a tenant is going to leave. It could, I mean, that's true for office properties or multifamily too, like, you know, tenants are leaving and big tenants are leaving, like JCPenney filed for bankruptcy. I think that has billions of dollars worth of exposure in CMBS universe, uh, just, you know, based on malls that JCPenney is located on. In So, yeah, so when if such kind of distress means that the borrower, that the loan would be transferred from a master servicer to special servicer. And that rate is at 10 point, it was was at 10.48% last month. Again, that is also a very big spike. I think last time around in the last financial crisis, we saw something like 13%. And that also took like years for us to get there. Whereas this time around, it is like six months period. So the, I really like to define the CMB, state of the CMBS market based on these two very important metrics. Of course, there are thousands of other things that we look at. And if you look at TREP research, you talk about all that all the time. That is really a big number and we are tracking it on a monthly, in fact, on a daily basis, 
or you know which is the loan that suddenly you know like a american dream mall or pontian blue resort i mean these are big loans that i'm talking about but which are the ones that are seeing distress to give you an example i think almost not the most recent research with one of the recent research was talking about which are the borrowers which are willing to just walk away from their property so cmbs universe the borrower are not personally liable the collateral is only the asset and we saw that 4 billion dollar worth of loans the borrower was just willing to walk away from the property and they were they would just like you can take it sell it or foreclose it we don't really care about that and for the people in cre universe who are looking for distressed opportunities here that that is something you would want to look at you would want to see which is that mall which is that hotel that the borrower just doesn't care about it anymore just want to give it back those are the big metrics and i know i've talked for a long time so i'll let you ask questions no that's awesome i i want to let you discuss those things because i think that yeah, it's hard to know sometimes what metrics we should be focused on and 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 even you know since we're not in your shoes and have access to you know so much of that data where should we look to find some data like that that we should be tracking any suggestions on on where we could find some data like that well short answer trap <laughs> <laughs> No, but like uh, so, trap on a just from my perspective on a monthly basis, we put out research or the numbers that I quoted is publicly available. You can go to our website and get those numbers and get some of our research which is publicly available. So any financial, any uh, publications that will talk about CMBS universe, you would see our data quoted there. Again, I know I'm tying back to trap, but it is the thing. Like we are the most trusted source in the CMBS universe, and let it be Financial Times, Wall Street Journal, even Bloomberg. Every time anyone would talk about uh, CMBS universe, that would be our data. That said, another thing that I would like to point out, and maybe we can get into this. later is I, i do want to point out that there are like two property types which are seeing a lot of issue right now and that is hotels and retail so hotels have seen a delinquency rate of i think much over 20% maybe i can put up pull out the latest number yeah it's around 20% which is more than 20 billion dollar worth of loans and retail is approximately at 18% which is approximately the same amount like 17ish so for distressed buyers out there for or for like anyone in the cre space you know let's say a broker who is looking at you know where where is the availability like who is looking at leasing new tenants and where is a property which will come on the market and uh, will be foreclosed upon or will be sold at a discount so those are the areas where a lot of people are working on retail and hotel any other changes or or things that you see happening in the market like since covid and you talked about the what happened in four months uh, you know what what about since then and what do you see moving forward Right so one thing we have noticed is right after march the number of deals that were issued essentially a lot of deals just like there was no new issuance of deals so every time a deal is issued that means more and more loans are secured as in a universe when there were no new deals issued that means at that point of time that it was difficult to get financing for a lot of assets now since then we have seen some deals being issued but you would see that most of these deals do not include retail 
retail and hotel. I mean, some of the deals would include retail properties across America, some, maybe like, you know, some like a class A mall that could be a part of it, but there is difficulty in getting financing for these two property types. Now, the second thing I would notice, and this is something that oh, we almost were kind of ahead of the curve in getting to it, is that industrial property type, right after March, like it did not see any impact. In fact, the delinquency rate, which is more than 30 days behind payment rate, actually reduced for industrial since March. So what that tells us is that while retail property owners are having difficulty making the payments, more and more warehouse and distribution centers are being set up. And you see articles about that all the time now. You know, Amazon is renting out more, renting out or buying more distribution space and warehouse space. So that is a trend that we noticed then. Another thing that we are looking at is office space and trying to see, because everyone is working from home, of course. So now we're trying to figure out if that will have, that has any short-term impact. We haven't seen much right now because offices are like 10-year leases. And uh, we have seen an increase in office leasing activity just because of the fact that people are doing short-term leases and there is more of a, a bias market right now because of, you know, people want to, office property owners want to make sure that their office is leased out. There are not a lot of people looking out for an office space right now. Long term, we are carefully looking at what the market and how it would perform and how it's doing. Another thing that is very important and that a lot of our clients are looking at is that I told you about the monthly updates that we get on each and every loan. What is happening in hotel and retail space that, which doesn't happen generally in the CMBS space at all, is that forbearance agreements are being granted to uh, property owners, mainly hotel and retail. So they are able to use their reserve balance for let's say like six months, eight months. It's very dependent on who we are talking about, but they're able to use their reserve balance for some time. And once that forbearance agreement expires, they're supposed to make their monthly payment plus something to make up whatever they haven't paid in some time and make up their reserve balance. What that really means is this, a recovery is going to have a long tail because of the fact that once these forbearance agreements expire, there would be some hotel owners who would be like, I probably cannot make this increased monthly payment. And that would be the time when you would want to talk to that property owner and be like, do you want to sell it at this come to us if you want to operate that? Of course, forbearance agreement has kind of skewed the market. We reached all the way dealing consider of 10%. Now we have come down to 8 point something, 2%, I think, 8.3%. But we might see something in future, probably like early next year or mid next year, where we see more distress in this space. Or other thing that could happen is we have a very like Nike swoosh shape, sorry, swoosh shape recovery. And, you know, there is, there is nothing to worry about anymore. So these are the things we are really keeping a track of. And we look on a daily basis to see where we see all of these issues. Jody, you know, with all this data and, and knowledge of the markets, I mean, it's just incredible. Like you said, you know, in every property type and every geographical area, you know, you all most likely have quite a bit of data and that's pretty powerful. You know, let's uh, just say, for instance, right now, you're the passive investor. What type of asset class are you investing in? 
Well, I would definitely not. Well, I will get to my conclusion based on elimination. I would definitely not look at retail because the issues retail is having is not because of just this crisis. It was a property that which was seeing this just for a long time, just because, you know, all of us are ordering on Amazon now, most of the stuff, you know, or getting our stuff delivered online. So unless it's a class A asset, that is something I'm probably going to shy away from. Let's move to hotels. Hotels right now, if I am a very good operator, if I know what I am doing, I would look at hotels and be like, okay, this hotel in Hawaii would probably see revenues come back up as soon as lockdowns are over, right? You know, everyone wants to get out of their house. I probably will be the first one. <laughs> so it is very dependent on where the hotel is located and what sort of revenues they had pre-crisis. Because in our database, you can see what the occupancy rate has been and also what the debt service coverage ratio. Like if this is the loan, this is the property value, how much can they cover on a regular basis? Some uh, hotels actually in Las Vegas have a debt service coverage ratio all the way up to 3x. So if you are an operator in that space, or if I'm an operator in that space, I would look at each of these hotels in that area and see, you know, which have a high debt service coverage ratio, which is seeing a rebound in revenues already, and which has a higher occupancy rate, and what the monthly update is, because sometimes a high DSCR hotel would probably, you know, be like, okay, we are going to give it back to the bank and we don't care about it. So we want to look at each of these things. Okay, so I've talked about those two types. Uh, let's get to office. Now, again, if it's a Midtown Manhattan office, I would look at it and be like, you know, maybe New York City, it, it will always end up being the center. So, well, I'm based in New York City, so I say that center of the financial universe, but you know, <laughs> I would look at those. And again, you always want to look at each and every property and details of each and every property and how it's operating. But just like overall trend, you would look at that and be like, probably this is going to perform than a suburban space in very far away or like outskirts of Virginia. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Virginia will get back to <laughs> So multifamily, that is an interesting part because the reason why I say that is because we have seen an increase in interest in single family rental space in our database. If people start getting used to this work from home lifestyle, they might want to make, you know, some, a lot of people are just thinking about just shifting to suburban spaces, probably buying a home or probably renting uh, out a single family rental space there. So that is also something that I would look at very specifically of, you know, how, again, going back to the same fundamentals, how the revenues have been, what are the expenses, what are the occupancy? I think there was one, um, uh, one in Houston that we one property in Houston that we recently talked about, which saw a reduction in occupancy. So you definitely want to look at all of that. I would kind of bet my money on industrial. I know I took a long way to get there. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's it's great, uh, just detailed explanation. No, I'm grateful. Go right ahead. Yes. So I would I would bet my money on industrial right now, and even in the long term, just because of how uh, what our preference is right now in terms of you know how we how we shop, which is a very important part of it. And uh, the second thing that I would also look at is self storage. 
It is a smaller property type in our universe. I think we have approximately $16 billion worth of loans in self-storage, but self-storage has seen like 0.14, I'm probably a couple of basis points here and then that's the delinquency rate in self-storage. So we talked about it recently in one of our uh, research article is that there are a lot of big players moving the self-storage universe along with the multiples, like a smaller property owners. But that is a sector which is seeing a lot of interest and it has seen increased issuance in the CMBS universe. Did I miss on some property that which you want to talk about? <laughs> no, that was great. I appreciate you going right through that. I feel like a lot of the listeners are probably going to be mostly focused on multifamily while we have many that are in, you know, numerous asset classes. Anything else you see, you know, just specific to multifamily trends that you see or things that you expect, say, six months to a year from now? Right. So let me preface that by saying that uh, our data, when I said half a trillion dollar worth of loans, that was essentially the private label CMBS universe. Like, as you must be aware, there's agency like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae. We have all of that data too, but the 500 trillion was just private label. And the agency data is a lot. I mean, just last year, we saw $117 billion worth of issuance in agency, which is only multifamily space. So that is also the data that TREP has. And everyone like in our database, you can just like, you know, go onto a map, make your own boundary and see which all properties are there, agency and private label, and just see what their updates are. Now going to the trend part, we haven't seen a high delinquency rate yet. In fact, to be honest, in, like I wouldn't say even high, it is approximately, uh, let me quickly do a check here. It is approximately a two-ish percent, which is significantly low. And depending on how, depending on who wins selection, which you don't know right now, <laughs> and depending on uh, what the next process would be in terms of like rent eviction or moratoriums or, uh, you know, stimulus package, all of that will change. It is widely believed that there is going to be a stimulus package. Just we don't know how big, but it's mostly going to happen. So we do expect that we won't see a lot of issues there. But again, this will be very dependent. Like if you are looking at a multifamily, like looking at an apartment building in downtown Houston or like downtown, I can't think of another example right now, but downtown Houston versus in suburbs, you know, those will operate differently. So you definitely want to really get into the weeds of it and just figure out how that particular property type is operating. But overall trend, we haven't seen a lot of issues there. Nice. Jody. unfortunately, we are running low on time and we're going to have to move to just a couple final questions. But we'd love to have you back, you know, say six months from now or, you know, in a year from now, you know, and, and really get your take on on what's happening just from your expertise and research. Quickly, uh, what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I would say it's my engineering background. I'm a trained engineer. I did my master's and undergrad in the engineering degree. And just because the virtue of the education, I've just been used to looking at a lot of lot of data and come to precise calculations. And I think that background has helped me in uh, every career that I have chosen. And that's what I would say about TREP as well. And how do you like to give back? Yeah, so it's it's very dependent. And I think that I have realized that over... 
few years, my priorities have changed. And somehow every like five years, it's a different thing. And I always look for organizations that are working in that particular area. And I just make donations there. Uh, most recently, it has been UNICEF, but it has changed over a period of time. I do want to add that I did uh, see how you guys have been really, uh, really invested in giving back. And I do appreciate that. That's amazing. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jody. Uh, it's a great show. I'm grateful to have met you and had you on the show. Just you being willing to be so transparent, share your expertise just from all the data that you have access to. And we're very grateful for your time. Uh, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Right. So you all can reach out to me at Jyoti underscore Yadav at trep.com. That's J-Y-O-T-I underscore Y-A-D-A-V at trep.com. You all can also reach out to info, I-N-F-O at trep.com. And that is a mailing list for all of my wonderful colleagues and our team. And we can get back to you on that. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.